Digital Marketing Radio, episode 92. What is content marketing? DigitalMarketingRadio.com Remember, don't miss out on new episodes in the future. Subscribe to weekly email updates at DigitalMarketingRadio.com Let's begin. The Big Interview with David Bain I'm David Bain and today I'm joined by Chris Marr. Chris, welcome to DMR. Thank, thanks very much, David. It's great to be here and I feel honoured that I've been asked to be on your show. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into what is content marketing and uh, having, a, having a good chat around that topic with you. That sounds superb. Yeah, well, the honour is all mine. <laughs> well, thanks very much. <laughs> well, well, Chris is the founder of the Content Marketing Academy, Scotland's first and only annual content marketing conference. And, well, he's also founder and host of the Marketing Academy podcast. So you can find him over at learning-everyday.co.uk. So, Chris, I mean, you mentioned content marketing there. So how would you actually define content marketing, say, to someone like a, a small business owner? Okay. Um, it's, you know, it can be a bit different for, for other... There's lots of different definitions of content marketing and trying to just tie one down for, you know, one single person. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people resonate with different different definitions. You know, you get formal definitions like um, it's the marketing and business process for creating and distributing content to attract customers, right? So mm. that could be one sort of definition. So you're like putting content out there, whether that be blogs or podcasts or videos. You know, this is a, this is a piece of content marketing. You know, you're putting some information out there that's helpful and hopefully helpful and valuable to people that builds a relationship, builds trust, and then pulls them into your kind of your your uh, space. I thought you were going to say web. No. Yeah, into your web. <laughs> and get them to do some business with you, right? Get them to take some sort of action, right? Mm. That's like one definition, I would say. Um, and usually your content is targeted at a specific target audience, right? But the, the definition that I kind of like better is more around the just your ability to communicate properly with your customers, the fact that you can listen to them, listen to their problems, answer their questions, and provide them with content that helps them. So it's your ability to share content with your audience without selling to them, um, communicate without selling. That's the way I kind of like to to describe it. And you're doing it in a way that's not it's not interrupting them. It's not interruption type marketing. It's actually stuff. It's marketing, blogs, podcasts, videos, whatever, that they actually want to spend time with. So instead of pitching your products and your services, you're delivering information that makes your buyers, I don't know, gives them some sort of value, right? It makes them, it educates them, entertains them. Um, it helps to create an emotional connection with your brand or your story and um, eventually an affinity, hopefully, with your customers. So they, they get you and they want to buy from you. That's kind of my sort of, how I kind of perceive what content marketing is. And that's what I like about content marketing, the fact that you can share content with an audience without having to talk about your products and services um, and talk more about your customers' problems and their questions and provide them with the answers and the solutions, you know? Okay. And in a nutshell, really, yeah. So that's that's an interesting definition because obviously that can also relate to perhaps um, the whole email marketing funnel as well. So that, that private communication with um, prospects with potential customers so it's, it's not necessarily um, going to be publicly available would you say that's a, a part of the definition as well or would you say it's just um, publicly available information on things like blog articles and podcasts and videos 
Okay, so that's a good good point. I think that we there's the three main the way that uh, we focus our content marketing efforts mainly on the the blogs, the podcasts, the videos, and website content and stuff like that because they are the main sources of rich content usually that people want to have ownership over. And I think it's I think you've brought up a good point there, and it is it's probably worth saying that we shouldn't forget about the email the email content, the social media content as well, um, because as all the marketing, all the marketing is in general, is is a, is your ability to communicate properly and effectively with a group of people or with an individual person. So I think email, private email um, communications is just as important as any content that you would be putting and publishing online as well. Absolutely. Mm, yeah, interesting. But I mean, of course, of course, the, probably the most important aspect of content marketing is the fact that you can get content out there that's publicly available that can drive customers back to your website. Um, so would you say that um, aspect of content marketing is something that every single business um, that's involved really in the, the, the modern digital landscape, i.e. any business with a website, needs to be involved in absolutely that's the short answer yes absolutely <laughs> every single business should have their own you know their own and their own and owned <laughs> sorry put my teeth back in there an <laughs> own source of rich content something that's their customers they can build um they can build a relationship with their customers it's funny you should bring this up because this is really something that's something i'm talking about right now with people as well and um and i've done a few videos on this as, as well as that you know, if you're not creating content, you don't exist. And it's it's supposed to sort of be a scare tactic. But to be honest with you, there's a lot of truth in it as well. And that if you are a business out there and say you do have a website, but you're not actually publishing any relevant, useful, valuable, up-to-date content on there, like a blog or a video or a video series or a podcast series or just something that kind of helps to build that relationship up with your customers, they, they're getting entertained by someone else. They're getting their answers from somewhere else they're getting um they're building a relationship up with someone else that could be your competition that are producing the content that you should be producing and they're away being entertained by someone else so yes every single business should embrace the philosophy of content marketing um and put it into their own space basically have on their website so they can actually entertain their audience and make sure that they're they're not being entertained by someone else absolutely and uh, if the listener would like to go and um, see you in different um, levels different lengths of facial hair they should check out your youtube channel mm-hmm. <laughs> um, exactly yes <laughs> um so yeah no it's, it's, it's great to, to to mix up videos as well because it of course means that um people can see you people can probably relate to you a little bit better and uh, if you're if you're just writing content uh, it, I guess it's a bit trickier for potential customers to relate to you and uh, be comfortable to make that purchase decision. Yes, I agree with that as well. Yeah, you've got to mix it up with the channels definitely because we all know that at a basic level, people learn in different st- with different styles, don't they? And mm. audiovisual, um, and it's important to get different your your to get your personality out there. I think that the the best way to do that is video. Podcasting is another great way to do that as well. Um, I built up you know loads of great relationships just simply by doing a podcast. But video is great as well. Yeah, definitely getting your getting your personality out there it can be difficult if you're just writing blog articles. I think that there's no doubt about it. The podcasting and video is a is a you can increase your reach and your build your relationship up with people probably faster and more effectively on those channels than you can with a blog. However, a blog getting a blog article live and published 
in some respects can be just a little bit easier than the, the, there's um, technical barriers perhaps associated with podcasting and video as well that um, that could potentially be a barrier for people getting that content out there. Okay. And um, if a business maybe only has a certain amount of time to actually embrace content marketing, um, perhaps um, just three or four hours a week, um, mm. is it then better off focusing just on one particular type of content or um, is it still then appropriate to try and do articles and podcasts and videos? Yeah, I would say probably focus on something small to begin with until you get that under your belt. So yeah, stick to one channel. Um, You know, if you know your customers well enough, then pick, obviously pick the the channel, that main channel to be the one that's probably going to be the most effective. And it's something we'll probably talk about later on. But the one thing that really, that, that really gets in the way and is a barrier for business owners is that consistency. So if they've only got three to four hours a week, say, for example, to do something, and it's safe just for sake of argument that as a blog article a week, then I would just focus down and do that really well and be consistent with it and publish publish consistently like once a week or twice a week um, and then really just own that space and then maybe over time they might have more time to spend on their content and then they could maybe bridge into other channels there's only so much that one person can do or not just one person but the one business can do really especially small businesses um, and I think you do have to be conscious of how much time you're actually going to invest in your content and if you are going to invest the time make sure you're investing in the right place yeah I mean you mentioned consistency there and Mm. One thing that I really like about um, your podcast, the, the Marketing Academy podcast, is that um, at the beginning of it, um, you've got published at eight o'clock every Sunday evening. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's it's something that sticks in people's heads. So, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I, I know it's eight o'clock on a Sunday. It must be time for Chris's podcast to come out. So yeah. um, why did you actually choose that time in particular? Um I think it was more, more a selfish reason, actually. I felt that if I did it at eight o'clock on a Sunday, I knew that no matter what happened, I'd have a bit of control over my weekend if I needed to, to make it happen. So I felt like Sunday eight o'clock was good. And in, in the in the end, it actually turned out quite quite well because I think a lot of people actually listened to it on a Monday. And um, I think that worked out quite well. Uh, there was no, the thought process was basically around me being able to get it out properly. If I, if I did it midweek, then something might come up, client work might come up or something and get, get in the way of me actually doing it. So I felt that, Sunday eight o'clock gave me a good, a good run at it every week to get it to get it out there. And I guess it gives you a push personally as well because you're committing to it and you have to kind of stick to it if you're saying publicly that it's going mm. to be published at that time. Yeah, I've only missed one. <laughs> I've only ever missed one week, and it was in the middle of Christmas. It was like in the middle of Christmas and New Year. And um, but yeah, that's a good point you've brought up. There's something again I've been talking about recently is this public disclosure of a deadline. Mm. Um, we have an email newsletter that goes out every Tuesday at 8 o'clock in the morning and we have our podcast that goes out at 8 o'clock every Sunday night and I also have a blog article that goes out every Friday as well. So yeah, we kind of publicly said this is what's going to happen and it's amazing how that can really push you, especially with the podcast. The podcast was something that people were expecting. You know, if it wasn't there, there was 
it wasn't backlash, but someone would mention it to me. Where's the podcast? I can't download it. Mm. Um, so I had someone uh, um, on the Monday saying, I tried to download it at 8 o'clock and it wasn't there. And I was like, yeah, I was a bit late going out. And I realised that actually I really need to make a serious effort to, if I'm going to say that I'm going to put something out on time, then I need to make sure that happens. It's like the same I always refer to when I'm talking to people about content is imagine you're you know, publishing a magazine or imagine you're publishing a column in a weekly print. You know, that's going to go to print regardless if your column's ready or not um, it's up to you to make sure that it's in there so yeah so do you tend to have the podcasts produced and all ready to go um, by Sunday or like like days beforehand or are, are you really just um, last minute just getting everything on there just to keep everything up to date yeah no I'm not last minute because there's a I have to record the podcast and then it goes to another guy to be edited so I need to have it recorded at least a couple of days in advance and what I've been doing recently actually is recording it about Tuesday or Wednesday in the week for the Sunday right so um it's it's, it's good it's a good four or five days in advance Okay, so um, I mean, obviously you mentioned you've been doing it um for for a while now. You've you've got about forty odd um episodes up there. Um, what would you say is the 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 biggest um positive learning experience you've actually come through by doing the podcast? Is it your own personal development, or is it um simply the the number of people that are now reaching you and finding out about you? Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a bit both of that, really. To be honest, I was very very surprised. Because I've been blogging for such a long, well, for about four or five years now, I'd never experienced so much reach so quickly through any medium. So doing the podcast really showed me what was possible. And I'm I'm not even anywhere near these. There's some people in this space that are getting like a million downloads within a very short space of time. It's nothing like that, nothing at that level at all. But even having three or four hundred downloads a week that's a lot to me, you know, considering that I've never had an article on my website that's had three or 400 people read it. Yeah. So, you know, there's there that, I think it's relative experience in that and the reach has been very, very, uh, it's opened my mind to what's possible out there. And I think it's just a fantastic medium. Um, even just being consuming podcasts more and get involved in the podcast space more has made you know met people like you and uh, Colin Gray and just made so many good friends just through it as well so there's a whole personal piece as well but yeah the personal development side of things I think the biggest benefit for me was be uh, interviewing interviewing um, thought leaders people I have huge respect for Mm. and also well that was a big big thing for me so I'm learning from them you know, there's a big personal personal development piece there as well, but also just the just talking about my topic every week refines the way I think about my topic. You know, like coming like you're asking me about definitions of content marketing. The stuff just it's there now. You know, it's ingrained because I'm talking about it every single week. Yeah, and that's that's a big personal development piece. There's loads of boxes being ticked there. You know, your ability to speak in public, your ability to articulate a message to communicate properly um, you learn all that as you go while you're doing your podcast so there's lots and lots of personal development um, boxes being ticked with the podcast as well yeah so yep absolutely great yeah no, I mean I've edited quite a few of my own podcasts myself as well and um, I think and hope that I have improved in terms of how I speak and the amount of times that I've been reducing the ums and ahs and, uh, and silence perhaps as well because um you become aware of um, 
things that you repeat, like uh, you know, or yeah. uh, just uh, just horrible <laughs> phrases like that. And it's a, it, it's it's a horrible experience, but it's also yeah. a good learning experience. Yeah, my weakness is definitely. Oh, sorry, um, you know, I used I do say that a lot, but I also say um, as well. <laughs> say as well a lot mm. um so yeah you're right you get you pick up these little things that you never noticed before and you know you have to get used to <laughs> there you go i just said you know you have to get used to listening to your own voice which can be a little bit uh can grate a little bit sometimes but you have to get to, used to these things um on that note though one of the things i did very early on was outsource my editing to someone else to mm. an audio engineer an audio engineer because the, the the novelty of editing wore off pretty quickly for me um so and i think if you're if podcasting is an element of your content strategy for example we're a marketing agency not a pod we don't monetize the podcast really it's not like a we do it to build an audience and to and to increase our reach and to um, yeah build our audience our community basically through that through that through that medium. So it's just a single piece of our content strategy. So I don't want to be spending you know four or half a day, four hours or whatever editing the podcast, which is what was actually happening. So Ooh. I got rid of that and outsourced it to someone to do it for me every mm. week. So I think that was a big learning curve for me as well. It was really exciting at first editing the podcast and then after a while got really it got really frustrating so so bringing it back to um content marketing in general um if you see a business um doing things like producing their own blog posts um but um they're perhaps making big fairly big mistakes um what would you say are the more common mistakes that uh, businesses make when embarking on a content marketing campaign initially okay um I think one of the big things is they probably, I'm going to pick up on the language you used there actually, campaign is probably the wrong way to look at a content strategy. Right. And just to, not, just to pick it up, because I think it emphasizes the points I'm going to make in that it's not a campaign. It really is, you've got to think long term with your content strategy. And this is probably one of the big things that people think with when they go and embark on a content sort of strategy or they're going to implement some sort of content strategy in their business is that they're looking for well, they can't expect quick wins from it. It's very much a long-term strategy of building relationships with people. It's like 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 the the definition I shared with you. You know, they've been able to communicate without selling, so it's not a sales strategy. It's very much, uh, you, you know, it's a longer-term perspective. Um, it's more it's more a commitment rather than a campaign. I think that's a really important point to get across to people when they go into the content strategy. Is that this isn't about you know, quick wins. If your if your business is struggling right now, you'd really probably don't want to embrace a content strategy as your main your your main focus. I would say you probably still want to be creating content, but you actually want to be door knocking or getting on the phones or doing some sort of sales, mm. um, and not a content marketing strategy. So I think there's I think there's a right time for a business who's got a, that to to embark on a content strategy, and sometimes. For some businesses, it isn't the right time for them to go there, um, because just the way that the situation the business is in. But typically, challenges would be just understanding what it is that they want to achieve with what they're about to do. So there's got to be some sort of like why or core motivation behind what they're trying to do. Um, the other the other sort of mistakes would be underestimating how much time it actually takes to create content. Um, there's a whole bunch of challenges usually associated around time and commitment 
and mm. consistency being the biggest ones because you know most people are very enthusiastic about starting a blog or a podcast or a video and then you know they get they get into it and then about five or six weeks later you go back to their website and there's nothing there since the first week you know they don't they don't see it through basically so they stop so consistency and commitment are usually the big the big challenges that people have when it comes to something like a content strategy because to be honest, the a content strategy, that's exactly what it needs. It needs commitment over a long period of time and it needs consistency over a long period of time as well. And I think some people just aren't built like that. They aren't they aren't patient enough with their with their content strategy. So, you know, when I'm speaking to people about their content strategy, I'll be saying to them, Well, where do you want your business to be in sort of twelve to eighteen months time and how's your content strategy going to align with those business goals? Um, because that's how far ahead you need to really sort of look with uh, with regards to a content strategy. So I think some people just haven't got the patience for that. The, you know, they're looking for the next, you'll know this yourself, people get distracted by the next shiny new thing. Mm. Um, and I think that is potentially a big challenge and a weakness for a lot of people out there, a lot of business people. Okay, so great content marketing is really about um, authority and relationship building. Does that mean that um, it's it, it's unrealistic to expect um, a business to be able to really measure financially um, the impact of content marketing? Is it something that um, has just got to be trusted that it is actually going to bring in financial returns okay. in the future? Yeah, it's a good that's a good point. I think that at the beginning. This just came up when I was talking to uh, a lady called Kate McQuillan, who has had massive success with content marketing. She's not a client. She I met her because of her success and had her speak at the conference last year and she's been a guest on the podcast and she's also Skyped and dialed into one of my masterclass sessions as well. Long story short, she her part of her story was that she went and sort of um you know, blind faith, if you will. She was like, "This, I know this works. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to see it through for the next couple of years. And it did work. And I guess, I guess my point is that um, in the beginning, you have to measure the right metrics. So if you were thinking about embarking on a content strategy and you wanted to implement something like a blog or a podcast or several different things like slide shares or infographics or something like that, You've got to measure the right metrics in the beginning. And those are probably user indicators like how many likes, how many shares, how many people have visited our website or read a blog or, you know, that sort of those kind of indicators to begin with. I think that top level, you need to have financial customer related metrics associated with your content. But in the beginning, it's possible and more likely that you're going to get more user indicator stuff rather than um, financial metrics. Um, so I think it's worth, again, it's all about having a realistic perspective about what your content is going to achieve. And that all comes down to resource, time and money. You know, if you've got more of those things, then you'll get more out of your content because you'll be able to do more. So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I think that in some respects, this comes back to one of these other challenges that I'd like to add into that as well is that people don't start because they get, you know, analysis paralysis type thing. Um, and that's one of the other big challenges that business owners suffer from is they don't ever start anything because they don't, um, you know, they don't hit publish on the blog article or they don't start their content strategy um, for whatever reason. They just can't get started um, because they don't have the faith or the belief that it's going to work perhaps. Mm. 
I think and, that yeah. the, the answer seems to be that um, you can't expect any significant volume of traffic to come back, say, within the first six months or so. Um, so there's no point in even thinking about metrics until you start to see traffic. And then perhaps you mm. can put a financial value on in the future, but you can't certainly do it to begin with. I think you need to measure. You just have the measurement uh, facilities in place. You do want to measure over those six months. Mm. And it might just be simply web traffic or number of pages visit or bounce rate or something like that just keep it user indicator level like you know just are people reading the content are they seeing it you know what seems to work what seems to do what's what seems to not work and in some respects in the beginning if you have if you're going straight from a blank slate into content really you are going to be kind of in the mode of throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks type of thing because you don't really know you know you read a lot you can read as many books as you want and you can read as many blog articles and watch as many videos as you want but really the the actual results or the proof that what works for you is actually going to come through taking some action mm. and are there any i mean just closing up in content marketing are there mm. any distribution opportunities that um are really starting to um be very important to be aware of in 2015 moving forward um that are different compared with the last year you know has content marketing opportunities changed that much over the last year or so what do you mean with regards to distribution? Do you mean the platform or do you mean... Yes, yes, probably the platform. So, you know, okay. um, is a different video network, is is it worthwhile looking at new opportunities such as, um, off the top of my head, Twitter video? Um, okay, yeah, of course. Because um, th- there are so many uh, opportunities to distribute your content and mm-hmm. um, you can't be on everything effectively. So are, are you seeing newer opportunities flourish now in 2015 that weren't really there just a year ago or so? Um, I'm thinking that the way things are going just now, what it seems to me uh, is happening is going to get easier and easier to actually get a target audience through social. Mm. So Twitter metrics and LinkedIn have just allowed something as well. I don't even know what it is yet. I haven't really dug into that. Um, But you're going to be able to actually get your message to a super targeted audience. And I think that's going to change things. But to be honest with you, I think the key thing for most people, I mean, I'm not sure who your audience, strictly who your audience are, David, if it's small business owners or um, larger organizations, but really I think the key in 2015 has got to be about really pulling your audience closer to you like all the time and building a community around what you've got uh, around your whatever it is that you've all got in common mm. um with the with the intention that you get them so close that they are your raving fans that they want to buy from you whatever it is that you've got to sell um they want to get involved in you and they'll promote what it is that you're doing as well and i think that regardless of the platform as long as the platform is um, relevant to your customers, as in they are actually there, then you know I would do everything I could to build um, a community in that space, so that they they just pull your pull those people in closer and closer all the time. So it doesn't really matter what the platform is. I think it's I think this is one of the big things that people get distracted with is the platform and all the little tactics. But actually, the principles are the same. You know, you know, you've got to be able to listen to your customers. You've all got to be able to give them what it is that solve. You know, that they want. I think that that's the key elements, and then just find that place where they're the most comfortable and be there for them. 
I'm sure we can keep on talking about this for yeah. hours, but uh, yeah. um, we don't want to do that, really. But uh, <laughs> So let's segue into the second section of our discussion, and that Sounds focuses good. more on your thoughts on where digital marketing in general has been and, and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Um, I think all things. Project management tool and task management Mm. Uh, yeah. So have, been, have you been using that for quite a while? Uh, yeah, we, we, we moved from Basecamp into All Things um, about a year ago now, I think. So yeah, it's a, team, it's a team collaborative project management tool, basically, and I've been using it for about a year. Yeah, yeah All Things is a fantastic tool um, to, for, for managing anything to do with projects or tasks um, in a team, especially. And a slightly trickier question, what software mm-hmm. don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? Yeah, I had a couple of things for I mean, we've just literally in the last two days signed up for Slack, okay. which is your team communications, um, which is different than all things. All things is your task and project management, but Slack is your instant chat communications within teams so we've literally just signed up for that in the last couple of days and we're migrating from google chat into slack and um, but really apart from that i think we need a new i'd like to try a new social media management tool like meet edgar or sprout social and mm. um, i'd like to i'd like to look at those things okay great well i'll include links to all those software recommendations in the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com I wish I would have. But I'd like you to look back in the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? This is a, this is a kind of a tough one, and my answer probably contradicts <laughs> contradicts the question a little bit. I think my biggest mistake for trying to start a business or trying to market my business online was not getting offline enough. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I knew that. Uh, that I was very conscious of when I started to try and sell something online. Um, I was trying to sell a course that nobody knew who I was. Mm. Massive, massive problem when you're trying to sell something because people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Yeah. And if that was it, after that, I hit the ground, went networking, met as many people as I could. And, you know, everything's a lot easier now because people trust you, people know you, and they, they know what you've got to sell. Um, and you know how you, they, you can help them with their problems. So, yeah, that was my big thing. So, yeah, uh, getting offline is a big thing. And I think there's a lesson in there for most people that are starting an online business that they just don't get out enough. They don't get off. You cannot build your business sitting behind your computer. Absolutely. And so many um, websites or businesses um, don't have any uh, real contact details on their site. Uh, I noticed that um, on your website, you've you've got your phone number up there on the right-hand side. And Mm -hmm. and that's a a great thing just um, to... Let the reader have a bit of trust about you, you know, and um, and know that they can give you a call if they want to, even if they're not intending to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, this literally like you've literally read my mind. This last couple of weeks has all been about that contact number on your top right hand side of your website. Now we don't get a huge amount of phone calls, but the numbers there. Mm. You know, people do phone it occasionally, um, but it is you're right. It looks it's legitimacy as well and credibility. I think. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Uh, ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much here. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. So okay. Just one rule, though. You're not allowed to say both too many times. Hopefully just one time. So. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. I'll try my best. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> Email or Twitter? Definitely Twitter. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display? Display out. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, yep. affiliates or display advertising? Oh, I'd go for affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. 
Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Telephone number. Website or app? Um, website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local. Yay! Well, you raced through that, no <laughs> problem at all. Yeah. Got through that, no problem. <laughs> I, I didn't expect you to say, you said video rather than audio, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. Wow, okay, I didn't expect that one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so does it's that... a tough one, to be honest. Um, I do daily videos um you know as well so i don't know i find video really easy um especially like especially the the, the you know technology these days the iphones and things like that I can do just point a camera at me and you know two three minutes later a video is on facebook so i don't know interesting i, I think videos just i think video is at still it's massive youtube is huge but i don't think it's anywhere near as big as it's going to be so i think it's still a very big 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 platform Yes, no, it's 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 massive, and it's 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 been yep. massive for me in the uh, well, it, it is massive for me at the moment actually. I mean, I've got the number one video on YouTube for the phrase digital marketing. All right, okay, and, and that video is like over sixty thousand views now. But um, in saying that, um, it's one big long video, and I'm sure that if I start doing videos which are a little bit shorter and mm-hmm. just targeting you know individual views, um, yep. that that you know altogether that would probably be even more than that. So there's there's yeah. probably a greater opportunity there. I mean, I also like video because it's. Um, I've done this a lot, a lot with my videos as well as have them fully transcribed, so the audio is transcribed. But you can also strip the audio out and mm. use it and use it as audio as well. So I think it's a, a really versatile platform, um, and I think it's just getting easier and easier to do as well. But I love podcasting as well. I, I listen to podcasts all the time, and you know that podcast is one of my biggest, um, biggest uh, content efforts as well. But I do watch a lot of video as well. I do like video. So when you're having the video transcribed, do you just publish that within the blog post or do you also publish that within the description on YouTube as well? Um, I don't. It's mainly focused on um, putting the content onto the website and then a small excerpt with a backlink on YouTube. Right. Usually. Okay, because um, obviously one thing that um, YouTube are moving towards as well is having captions on videos as well. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they, they evolve and, and whether or not they'll actually, actually perhaps um, use those captions to try and determine you know what the video is about, obviously, and perhaps rank the video based on that as well. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, you're right. I think it's all going to... It's going to keep keep changing, isn't it? You know, it's trying to keep on top of all this. <laughs> it's an exciting medium, and it's it's hard to to be on top of everything. But um, yeah, you're right. The ten thousand dollar question. So, if I was to give you ten thousand dollars, and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on, and how would you measure its success? Yeah, that's so difficult. I mean, um, I would have to say that the first thing I would probably do with the £10,000 is invest it in a platform, a website with a membership site and build a platform and drive people into the membership site. And the metric would be email list subscribers and membership subscribers. So by a platform, do you mean WordPress or do you mean perhaps something yeah, different? Probably go for a WordPress and maybe Kajabi platform or something like that with a sales. Yeah, sure. do, it through, do it through something like that. Um, I think that if I had that ten thousand pounds, I was to go back five years, and I knew what I and I and I know what I know now. <laughs> um, that's what I would probably do, to be honest with you, is really focus on building a really solid platform and a really solid pipeline. 
um, a funnel and um, and then just you know and just market the hell out of it basically um, and really build a platform around that content especially so probably start a podcast to be fair as well invest in some kit and do it that way so yeah it'd all be associated around this platform this main main platform my number one takeaway okay great well uh, Chris you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation there but what would you say is the number one takeaway what's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses I think I think reference building a platform but I think that I I really feel that the main thing that people need to learn how to do better and the big takeaway from today even though we've talked about consistency and all that kind of stuff I think the key thing is is to really find a way to get your customers closer to you pulling in pulling them in and build find a way to build a community with your with this one thing that you all have in common I think that's where you're going to uh, that's how you're going to grow your audience and the relationship with your customers and do you, by a community, do you mean a, a list of uh, email subscribers initially, um, or um, is it okay to build a community on somewhere like Facebook, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Facebook private group, something like that, or and find a reason. Uh, yeah, private group on Facebook, definitely, but find a way to get in front of them physically as well, like organize some meetups and some workshops and um, a conference, you know, and, and things like that, and really just pull them into your 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 space the thing that you've all got in common like i said and i think you can do that in many different ways so email subscribers definitely a private facebook group and um, meetups workshops you know get offline as well i think it's really important um but yeah build do everything you can to build a community and i think uh, i think that's where the um i think that's where you can really make a difference wonderful okay well that takes us to the end of our discussion today so thanks so much for your time and your advice there uh, What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? The best way is to visit my website, which is www.learning-everyday.co.uk and also connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at chrismar101. Wonderful. Okay, well, thanks again, Chris. I um, really appreciate it. And um, I'd also I'd love to hear your thoughts to your listener and what Chris has had to say today as well. So please leave your comments in an iTunes review or on the show post and I may well read out what you have to say in a future episode um, but in the meantime well thanks again Chris really appreciate it you're welcome David it's great speaking to you and thanks for your time great okay well thanks thanks again and yeah thanks to your listener I'll see you next time on catch you again soon bye for now <laughs>